In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four hand-picked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 38, Truth Bomb. Truth bombs going off everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can't tell by the yeah. title, this yeah. week's theme is all about the real history. Of the real things. history of things that may have been told in another way and yes. we're gonna we're gonna get to the dirt the real story stuff, the real story the real yes yeah, setting off of truth it. bombs everywhere every landmine of truth bombs <laughs> like you mix two things yeah fine. i don't think it's you can, fine can you bury bomb no 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 you can bury mines so you yeah, have yeah, a minefield yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and then if there was a bomb on yeah. top oh my god yeah Just you're right carnage okay. Okay. carnage, carnage everywhere. everywhere yeah uh-huh. you don't want that that reminds me of that weird computer game mine sweeper what was that did you ever play that you had to like yeah. click on the things and it would explode i never understood my tolerance for games oh that's established true. Yeah. What am even I when it came to computer what am I games when my brothers got a nintendo and they had mario brothers i would play with it for a while and be like god this is annoying and then just go away <laughs> <laughs> or I'd get too competitive. I'm like, I'm out. I'm yeah, out. I'm out. I can't do it. Mm, nope. Mm, mm. Okay. So thinking about truth bombs. Aaron, yes. Thinking yeah. about the real story of things. Oh, yeah. I want to know mm-hmm. if someone was going to do an expose on your life, mm-hmm. what would be the real truth? The truth bomb that would be revealed. There'd be no truth bomb. <laughs> what you see is what you get. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Like, you kind of think I'm a nerd? You're dead on. Are you really at home on Friday watching Dateline? You mm-hmm. betcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Sometimes maybe listeners are listening to this and they're like, Aaron is probably like amping up some part of her personality. I can attest, this is her. Yeah, this no, is straight Aaron. <laughs> 
straight up Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> and uh, that would be the expose is like, we thought maybe there'd be more to this person. Mm-mm. We thought maybe there was a hidden mystery. Nope. You thought wrong. <laughs> you thought wrong. <laughs> Reminds me of a time in college oh. that I was taking a class that I felt like I never really paid attention in, you know, mm, okay. and it was a smaller class. And at one point we were having a discussion and the professor said, Aaron, I want to know what you think, because I know you're always thinking more about these things. I can always tell by your face you're thinking about things. And I was like, I have thought about that so many times in my life and been like, what face was I making? What face were you making? Because I wasn't. I was not thinking about anything you said. I lied my way through that discussion. Do you recall what you were thinking? Because maybe that could figure yeah. out what, you know, expression you were making. No, but it had to be, yeah. it was way off topic. I know that. I wonder if maybe you were like watching, people watching him, like leering oh, at him. Oh, I probably was. And, and my mouth was, was like, a little agape. Yep. So maybe it looked like I was really struggling to get two mm-hmm. thoughts together. And yeah, mm. I don't know. Yeah. I was probably thinking about how cold the walk was because it was in this really <laughs> far building and I hated having classes there. And I was probably like, God, I don't want to walk back to my apartment. But you looked... Like you were thinking deep, deep thoughts, which you know, good which for you me, do. I guess. You think deep thoughts, I, yeah. Not in that class, though. <laughs> and I didn't know that guy well enough for him to assume that. And I don't think my test scores gave any indication. Do you think he thought you were someone else. I maybe. Mm. Let's hope for that. Let's hope for, for that. that. Yeah. Or maybe he was he was trying to do you know, uh, reverse psychology. Oh. I couldn't think of. See, like, I was uh... thinking so deep, I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say maybe he was doing some teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Trying to get me to engage. (laughs) Classic teacher move. Maybe if I flatter her, she'll participate. (laughs) And I was like, nope. Nope. Not falling for that. Still no. Still no. I wasn't taking notes. I was writing a to-do list. (laughs) I did that all the time in classes. Yes. It's like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed with all these other classes. Here's what I have to do right this second when I get out of class. Yeah. So I'm completely not paying attention. See ya. Mm -hmm. Not even here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were ride or die back then. We were. Before we knew each other. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of like, maybe he thought I was a different person. Mm. Would you ever catfish someone? I would. You would? Yeah. Oh. But I would catfish a very specific subsection of our population. Oh, okay. Do which tell. is Republican anti-gay male senators. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to somehow. So <laughs> like. <laughs> I want to somehow entice them into showing that they're actually closeted. Oh. And so portray myself as a gay male mm. to entice them oh to catch a predator type exactly but just to catch a bad person to type. catch a bad person and then record every single lewd thing he <laughs> says or does and then send it out into the world to expose wow. that ass whoa yeah you are like next level <laughs> that's a badass move right there that is a move that'll get you killed. I don't think that people think in politics play with stuff like that. I don't think they do either. But there was a time, remember, where a lot of Republicans were getting caught in like airport bathrooms with yes. their pants around. The- oh, yeah. I loved that so much. It was wonderful. So I want to do more <laughs> of that. <laughs> I don't think that that was a lot of people's reaction to that. I loved it. I loved seeing the hypocrites exposed. Yeah. It was yeah. delightful. There is something really yes. satisfying about that. So I want to create more of that. Is okay. what I'm saying. I like with my that. I, you know what? That is a... 
I think that should be an acceptable form of catfishing. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it might be called entrapment legally, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you maybe if we write like a catfish clause and we just call it just specifically in this situation, it's not entrapment. With this subsection of people, it's catfishing. Yes. Yeah. Because that could happen in real life, and they were being catfished. I mean, mm-hmm. those two things could meet yeah. very easily. Do you remember? Um, you watched some Amy Schumer. Oh yeah, and there was a she did a sketch about catfishing where it was Jake Gyllenhaal, like the man Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> reaching out to her, and she's like, "He's catfishing me. He totally is." And then they show up, and he's like, "No, I just really liked you, and I had my ferret, and we were talking about how we loved our ferrets." That would not be my catfishing scenario. No, no. no. yours would be ruthless. It would. And with one end goal in mind. Indeed. End the hypocrites. <laughs> you know what? I think that those kind of operations need to have a guiding principle. I think so I think you're halfway there. Thank you. Yeah. So Aaron, mm-hmm. I mean, thinking about lying about identity and yeah, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Is there a time where you've lied about your identity? Sure. Yep. yep I yep, am yep. not surprised by this. Um, so <laughs> also when I was in college mm-hmm. and it was after a night class. And I was walking back across campus to my apartment and they had just put in at uh, the college that I went to, uh, like those emergency poles that had like the blue lights and you could, you didn't even have to pick up the phone. You could hit the button and they would knew you were in. So I, I don't know if it was like top of my mind or just, you know, it was late, but this guy started walking really fast behind me scary yeah i started getting real kind of like panicky and looked Mm -hmm. up and i was walking faster and i felt like he was walking faster Mm -hmm. okay so at some point he caught up to me and started making conversation i was like i'm not about this i was just a ball of sweat he said what's your name and i said samantha (laughs) (laughs) no lie i said samantha and i remember him being like okay well it's nice to meet you and then he just took off in a different direction what yeah and i was like what was that and I remember I was so worked up about it and I was like, oh, well, I did the right thing. I didn't say my real name. You know, like that was some kind of big feat. If he, That's the whole reason he didn't take me down exactly. is that I came up with Samantha, which was awesome until I went to class the next day and he was the TA. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I had to raise my hand when he said my real name. <laughs> So wait, 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 wait. So the TA, when he was rushing you down, did he know you were one of his students? No, I don't think so. Oh my and God, I'm not so sure. Just a creep. Well, yeah, but I'm not sure in hindsight if I just felt like he was rushing or he was just, <laughs> it was cold and he was walking fast too. And then he was trying to make it friendly. Like maybe he thought it looked creepy. Uh-huh. Like I can, cause I, oh I had him all semester and he was fine. Like okay. I never got that vibe again, oh but there was a definite moment when I, he said my name and I raised my name and we just had eye contact and I was just like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which kind of reveals that I probably couldn't do this, but do you think you could be part of a witness protection program? Absolutely not. And part of the reason... <laughs> say absolutely but i love it okay part of the reason is oftentimes i will blurt out the one thing i'm not supposed to blurt out oh yeah so i'm picturing scenarios where someone will say who are you you know i'll I'll give my real name and social security number and like everything right away (laughs) how did you know i know (laughs) 
like there was even on a smaller scale there was a time i went to a wedding of my friend bridget back in chicago and she was marrying emron another friend and emron's family is very devout muslim and one of the things one of the very few things bridget had been like can you just not talk about how we all get trashed so regularly can we mm-hmm. not talk about alcohol can we cut this out of pictures that we show all of that great so the first thing i do when Emron's parents come up and introduce themselves, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so hungover. We just had such a great night the night before with your kid and, you know, Bridget. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, what am I doing? What am I saying? <laughs> I don't even normally talk like this. So who, who am I talking to? What is happening? So, yeah, I can't be in the witness protection program. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic information. Yeah, you would be terrible. I'd be terrible. They keep having to move you every week. They'd be like, Amy, oh my gosh, get the relocation team. She did it again. She did it again. (laughs) And it's weird because I think I can keep secrets if there's somebody else's. Mm. If it's my own. Except for Bridget's. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Maybe I need to just step that back. I'm not good at secrets. Like just getting like worked up, like I was. Yeah, you know, I was in my like dress, and you know, we're out at this park or this like I don't outdoor. Know this information. She's a drunk. I mean, she just like, like, we drink all the time. time. Yeah. Also, there's some whippets involved. It's not done. <laughs> See, I can't do it. No, no, you're out. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, you're out. Yeah. So I think the moral of the story is we are the truth bomb. We can't help but be it. We can't help it. Yes. Just who we are. That's all right. Except if you're a Republican anti-gay male senator, then I'm going to lie my ass off to you. Yeah. And I fully accept that. (laughs) If we had our own news network, I think that we could call it truth bomb. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Wasn't there some news show that like the end was like, boom, goes the dynamite. It was like some online thing. Okay. (laughs) I may be making that I don't think I I don't I don't think I'm making that up, but your expression is it's like, why would that even exist? That can't be real. I, I just you went into it so hard and so sure and I was like, is that a real thing? Who came I did. who passed that along? As I don't an know. Idea? Probably a millennial. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. It's another one of those things that we could put in a pitch meeting and be like, why how did this ever come through? Yes. We're gonna end every newscast with boom. <laughs> there goes the dynamite. <laughs> Done. Signed off. Genius. The thing is we didn't say there, it just boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. You cut out the there. Oh. So there was probably a whole discussion about that too. Yes. Do we keep the there in there or do we not? not. Let's play by your Tuesdays there. Wednesdays, yeah. no there. What do the youths want? What do they really want? <laughs> what do the youths? Let's get them to buy these products. Oh, goodness. Oh, dear. Okay. okay. So let's get to our picks, shall yes. we? Yes. Some real truth bombs. Some picks. real truth bombs. Mm-hmm. So my fiction pick is called Circe by Madeline Miller. <gasps> oh, you did it. Okay. I, I did. Um, this came out last year in 2018, but I just read it recently, actually, from the Des Moines Public Library. So thank you. <laughs> no idea what you're doing a spot for them. I don't either, but I did. So well, <laughs> thank you. I will add a thank you. Yes. Okay. So if you, and I think maybe we both did this too, but 
If you grew up uh, fascinated by Greek mythology, Mm -hmm. all the heroes, all the gods, all the goddesses, this is going to be your jam, I think. But even if you didn't, if you were cooler than me, say, or cooler than us and weren't into that, (laughs) I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Greek mythology is the coolest. It is. So even if you didn't get into that, you'll still enjoy this, Mm -hmm. but especially if you did. So I think most of us had to read the Odyssey in Mm -hmm. school, right? Mm -hmm. And... It's cool. It tells the story of Odysseus, um, sometimes known as Ulysses, who spends like 10 years trying to get home after the Trojan War. And there's lots of men and men stuff mm-hmm. happening there. But there's also women who are waiting patiently for their men to come home over many years. Mm-hmm. There's also seductresses, sorceresses, including Circe, who makes Odysseus stay on her own private island and turns his men into pigs. And actually, do you remember in the Odyssey, did he, did she turn Odysseus into a pig or just his men? I thought just his men, but I could be wrong about them. Yeah, I think okay. it was just his men, but I could be wrong about that. It's been too long. Yeah, I couldn't remember either. But anyway, so Madeline Miller, she takes Circe, that character from mm-hmm. the Odyssey that we don't really see much of, really mm-hmm. learn much of. And we get she gives her a real history in this book, which is so cool. It makes her a real person with, you know, God descendants and everything um Mm -hmm. and turns this story on its head so it's the real history of this woman that we've been taught is this evil person for Mm -hmm. years and years and years um so cersei is born to a titan one of the older gods and she hangs out with the gods just chilling with all the you know river nymphs and gods as one does (laughs) as one does she discovers that she has a special power along with her siblings and that is witchcraft and the olympian gods like zeus and all those other gods they are kind of afraid of this so they banish her to a deserted island and that's kind of cool because it's where her real story begins she teaches herself how to be pretty much a badass witch she tames a lion who is becomes her best friend she, um, you know, gets all the other animals to, you know, just respect her, be part mm-hmm. of her. She takes revenge on all the mortal men who come to her island looking to rape and plunder. So we see a bunch of gods and mortals from all across Greek mythology, including Hermes, the Minotaur, Medea, Daedalus and Icarus, Prometheus, and even Athena. And then, of course, Odysseus plays a major role in the story as well. But tells retells the story from the perspective of her mm-hmm. versus, you know, what we've always known. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I really love these kind of stories that turn this story that me, we may have accepted on its head. You know, kind of like you were talking about the Wicked stories a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, anything like this is, is really interesting, especially when it's a woman that's painted yes. as evil or, or somehow, you know, um, a, a villain of yeah. some sort. It's so, a great way to hook someone in. I mean, totally. I'm always I'm a sucker for stories like these because you just no matter what in any novel, there's some characters you're not gonna be able to get their viewpoint out, and it's particularly interesting in situations like this where so many of us have been taught the one version. Yes, yeah, yeah. I also like that the story also uh, saves Penelope, um, who is the woman that's waiting patiently for Odysseus to come back for ten years, you know, and she can't um, get rid of all those men that are after her. Mm-hmm. And it gives her a new story, too, which is really kind of surprising and really kind of cool at the end. So I I really enjoyed this. Like I said, if you grew up knowing all these gods and goddesses and the stories, you're going to love it because there's a lot of like kind of insidery knowledge. But even if you don't, there's a helpful glossary at the end of the book. Hey. And even if it's just a great story, it's really, really fun and really powerful in surprising ways, too. Wow. I think you would like it, Erin. You know what? And I actually have a copy, and it's in my 
pile to read and I haven't yet, but then you reminded me again how much I want to yeah. get into that. Well, I think she came to speak like a year yeah, ago or something. Did. And mm-hmm. I wish I had read this by that time. I think I would have been really interested in that. Yeah. Uh, so the fiction pick this week that I picked is called The American Wife by Curtis Sittenfeld. Mm. And this is a fictional story about Alice Blackwell, who is a quiet librarian that gets swept away by a charming politician, also known as Laura Bush. What? So this is a fictionalized story of Laura's Bush, her childhood, early adolescence, and then getting into politics. So it it was never, um, you know, put out there as supposed to be exactly indicative. Mm-hmm. It's not a biography. It's not mm-hmm. a memoir. It's a fictionalized version. But if you know anything about Laura Bush's life and then you read this, there are a lot. Um, and the author herself has said that she did a lot of research. So, um, And she kind of takes this idea that Laura Bush was this very unassuming, quiet librarian. Um, the, they, the person that she really kind of thought she was going to marry and spend her life with um, – dies in a in a tragic car accident and so she's kind of a little you know unmoored after that and in walks this guy from a wealthy family who has politics that are exactly opposite of her own but despite her best efforts, she gets charmed by him and the next thing she knows she's a politician's wife which she never really wanted to do or be a part of so she's trying to embrace how you know, her love for him, building a family is going hand in hand with her sort of having to maybe support politics she doesn't totally believe in or how she's going to raise a family and do what she thinks is important in the public eye. Um, it's wow, amazing, you know, just a page turner. But then with that extra layer, it's so interesting. And it it's kind of this similar in the sense that you're looking at a story from just a different way of someone that was in it, someone mm-hmm. that lived it. Um, and taking facts from their life and just saying, what if, you know, this were closer to the truth? So, wow. yeah. so she, the, the real Laura mm-hmm. Bush mm-hmm. did indeed like think very different politically from George. That's yeah. Apparently That's there's a lot says. of, yeah. Wow. Early on. I okay. mean, you yeah. know, yeah. Sure so she had to I'm, commit at some point. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure at some point, yeah, that those meld and you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, yeah. So there's. Wow. That's such an interesting choice too, to like, to go ahead and make her her character, Laura and George Bush versus, you know, maybe differently named and, and very similar yeah. characters. Well, they are differently named. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Alice Blackwell is the Laura Bush character. Okay. Yeah. They're not named the same because um, it's Charlie is the name of the uh, George Bush character okay. in the book. But yeah, no, they, she does have different names. And so that there was a lot of, you know, uh, publicity when that came out, like, is this, isn't it, you know, that. But yeah, she, I mean, the she authors admitted that, that yeah, she did a lot wow. of research and that's what she intended. And she really wanted to explore this idea of your life taking a direction you didn't see mm-hmm. or how maybe things that we didn't have a choice in, you know, this tragic car accident, how that can reroute you without, yeah. you know, your realization. So sounds like we, the message is beware of charming men. Kind of. Yeah. Although I think she would say she's happily married. So I don't know. Maybe she's Whether just been yeah. brainwashed into that. It's possible. It is very possible. <laughs> very, very possible. So I, you know, I would say it seems like this quick, easy read at first because mm-hmm. it's really entertaining, um, and it could fall into that category. I hate it that that chiclet. We've had this discussion before, um, but it gets so deep so fast and so kind of sticky and complex wow. that there's just so much more to get into, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Well, and I know you've recommended um, a short story collection by her mm-hmm. before, and so I know you like her writing. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think? Was this similar to previous writing? Was this yeah, different? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, I think it's different in a way because I think the purpose is different. Mm-hmm. So, because um, I've read this by her and then the short story collection. Mm-hmm. So, and I think those are kind of two different forms that sometimes it's hard to it is hard. compare. And she yeah. kind of had a different purpose here, but both were fantastic. Wow. So, she's very talented. Did you leave with a better opinion of Laura yes. Bush? Did you? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess in my perspective, it couldn't go anywhere but up. So maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds like a good pick. Yeah, it was. It was great. Excellent. Yeah. Let's get into some nonfiction. Let's. Because now we're getting into real, real, real stories. Well, the real, 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 real truth history. bombs. Boom. <laughs> truth bomb. <laughs> it was a very large boom into the microphone. <laughs> I wanted it to be. It was like dynamite. <laughs> Just creating the show you in that want. One, in that one, did you say there goes the dynamite or just boom goes the dynamite? No, I just said boom. Truth That's bomb. true. You just did boom. Boom. <laughs> truth bomb. <laughs> I like the I like the simplicity. You know what it is right away. So is that a new segment for us going forward? It's just boom. Truth, truth bomb. bomb. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, because boom, there goes the dynamite. We're it already past that. The sense, boom already yeah. went off. I know there was dynamite. <laughs> Don't tell me after the fact. That's true. Here comes the dynamite boom yeah. would be appropriate. Yeah. Boom, truth bomb. Okay, now I understand. <laughs> I got, ex- <laughs> there was an explosion, but it was an explosion of truth. Yes. Now I understand. Yeah, so okay. I'm not like picking up my own limbs after no. this. I'm just like, oh, just letting it wash over me. Wave of information. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So boom, truth bomb. Here we go. It's uh, nonfiction. Yes. Yes. I, I'm going to need a little more emphasis on the boom. Oh, sorry. You I got the wrong syllable okay. there. <laughs> wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable (laughs) (laughs) all right okay so my nonfiction pick nonfiction is called a woman of no importance the untold story of the american spy who helped win world war ii by sonia purnell from earlier this year so here's a quote from the book jacket in 1942 the gestapo sent out an urgent transmission she is the most dangerous of all allied spies we must find and destroy her so this is Literally a truth bomb, because this is someone we've never heard of before. Wow. And it's a great way. That quote is a great way to sum up this book, which is telling, retelling this very manly story of World War II from mm-hmm. this, in, in this very uniquely female, this one female way. So Virginia Hall was raised to look pretty and marry well. But early on, she knew she wanted and needed more. So she started traveling around the world for the State Department, getting into like aid organizations and trying to get more involved that way. When France fell to Germany in 1940 and the war started looking like it was nearly lost, she talked her way into an elite spy organization run by the British. She dropped behind enemy lines in France with the goal of encouraging and arming the French resistance that was already there and trying to um, support them more with both money, guns, everything. So all this, despite being a woman, first off, despite having a prosthetic leg from a previous injury... From a previous bomb. (laughs) Not a bomb, but it probably felt like a bomb. I'm sure. When the leg, yeah, yeah, came off. Despite rampant sexism throughout every government she worked with, because she worked with both the British and then the Americans, and pretty much both of them were just like, we don't want you around. Even though she was excellent at her job, of course. So here's where the revisionist history comes in, because she was actually instrumental in building up the spy networks across France and preparing the country for D-Day. So four years work of just 
every single day putting her life on the line, trying to bring all of these spies together, trying to elude Gestapo people looking for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was so effective that, like the book jacket quote said, the Germans considered her the most dangerous spy of all wow. the war. Um, they were sending out forces c- charged with capturing and killing her. Many people were caught in the crossfire, died to protect her because mm-hmm. she was so important. So this story has everything. It is a deeply readable book, very propulsive. Um, it's full of action and adventure, but also talks very deeply about the toll this kind of work takes on a person. So I loved that. I love that this was just this amazingly cool story. I love that she got very detailed on all the pushback Virginia had from, like I said, the British and the Americans, despite all the incredible work she was doing, all of them consistently tried to undercut her, like even lying to their superiors about the work they were doing versus her Mm. to try and, you know, be be the best. Right. Um, So this is the real deal. And apparently it's going to be a movie. Apparently this was sold before the book even came out, which... Of course it is, because this yes. is such an amazing story. The story was told so well, deeply, highly researched, so many interesting twists and turns. Can't recommend it enough. And I think wow. wh- whoever ends up playing Virginia Hall, and I'm not sure, I think now it may be Dis- Daisy Ridley, the woman from Star Wars, the new Star Wars movies. Oh, okay. I'm thinking that's who it was. And if it's not, it should be Daisy Ridley. Yeah. Anyway, I, it's going to be an amazing um, movie, but really read this book because there's just so much in here that's just very, very fascinating. That sounds amazing. Truth bomb. Boom. Boom. Truth bomb. Yeah. Here, I'm going to give you a truth bomb real quick. Let's hear it. I am constantly impressed by your ability to name actors and actresses. <laughs> I can never do it. Frequently, we'll be having conversations off the, you know, not during the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, I don't remember who it was. And you'll name it like, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the person. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Well, Let's say that there's also a lot sacrificed in my brain area in mm. order to keep that information. Okay. Like, you know, just general things that I should know, probably. Instead, I'm a human IMDB. Yeah, but know, it's come but way more in handy for me in that way. Point. So It's like we've said, we've been training for this job our whole lives. Our whole Reading lives. all our lives, watching tons of shit. Getting ready for this. Getting ready for it. Yeah. So here we are. Our truth bomb. Yeah. That's my life. <laughs> reason i just got the facts of life song <laughs> the, be, facts of life. the facts of life like the exact opposite song you would think would come after I a know. truth bomb I know. <laughs> it's way too nice oh. anyway well i picked a uh, book called the fatal charms and other tales of today and then it's also a combo with the mansions of limbo by dominique dunn Ooh. yeah and I, for someone to preface this with saying that I found Dominique Dunn as an author very early in my reading career. It was around, I've mentioned before that I started with Mary Higgins Clark after Nancy Drew, and it was around this time that I found him. Um, you might know him from his reporting during the O.J. Simpson trial. He was kind of like front and center and wrote a lot of things. Um, the first part of his career was in TV and film as a producer. Um, and he did that for 20 years before his drug and alcohol habits basically ruined his career. Ooh. So in 1982, he was trying to start over as a writer um, and had this idea, you know, that he could work on projects that way and was just getting some success when his daughter, Dominique, was murdered. 
And uh, that is when he published one of his first articles in Vanity Fair about raging against the justice system, how unfair the punishment was for the person that was caught and convicted of this crime, um, how much it doesn't work for lots of different people on mm -hmm. lots of different levels. And basically from there, his new career was born. Wow. And he kind of took this angle of writing exposés a lot of time about legal matters, but also just about scandals and crazy stories. Um, and he was notoriously very well known but also seemed to have this interview style that people were willing to open up to him and tell him things so in this book there's actually two complete collections of his vanity fair writing so the first one is the fatal charms and other tales of today the second one is the mansions of limbo um and they include stories about elizabeth taylor gloria vanderbilt aaron spelling um crazy stories about things that you had no idea about or maybe the real story behind something mm -hmm. that was widely publicized it feels like you're having a drink with an old friend and they're like telling you all this gossip. Ooh. Yeah. But the difference being like someone told him about it firsthand. Yeah. So he's actually giving you the facts. And he has a very um, interesting flow to his writing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very story like, but yet it's also nonfiction. So or, you know, based on all that information that he got. So I I found him. I think the first book, I, I read a full book by him. Um, and I now I'm not going to... People like us, I think. And I'm not going to be able to remember the exact details of the case or anything. But then I found this collection that was... Basically, every chapter is kind of a different character and mm -hmm. a different person. And he's telling the story. Sometimes he comes right out and tells you who it is. Sometimes he doesn't. So it's... Yeah, he's a very interesting writer. Um, he died in 2009, I believe, mm -hmm. is when he died. Okay. But... Um, had a really long career with Vanity Fair. Um, he published quite a few articles during the O.J. Simpson trial about how unfair he thought the justice system was. Wow. And here's so that was example. part of his like transition to a different kind of writing. Was yeah. Moving over to. Wow. Mm -hmm. OK. Yeah. So he is uh, fascinating, but also just, yeah, really, really like compulsively readable. Mm -hmm. Kind of like reading like an extended people article, but, you know, really well written. Yeah. And full of information from the person so yeah his life must have been very and if he's like then reporting all this like sometimes gossip sometimes real yeah. stuff like how, how do, you do people treat him like, i know. You know how do people still continue to yeah talk stuff yeah and maybe some people sought him out then because then they they mm -hmm. wanted to huh yeah hmm. interesting character yeah mm -hmm. Very good, though. I, I've enjoyed everything I've read by him. So Interesting. So during the OJ trial, mm -hmm. he was digging into like the unfairness of it. Mm -hmm. He's there in the... Um, we both watched that... Doc, that I was just going to ask yep. you that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's the one... Like He's the reporter. He has very signature glasses, like round, black. Oh. Yeah. Like the old style spectacles. Yeah. He wore those his entire career. So he's like in the front row. For some reason, he got a press pass. That was something that was kind of... No one's really sure how that happened. Because they were really, really hard to come by. Yeah. And he was one of the ones that got in. He and probably had some dirt on somebody. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because, I, you know, for who was in charge of the press passes, it was pretty obvious he probably wasn't necessarily going to be on O.J. Simpson's side. So mm -hmm. uh, it was interesting huh. that he managed to get in there and have things to say. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Backstage machinations. Yes. Manipulations. Exactly. All of it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. We'll tell you what. Pop culture. Mm. I've got another truth bomb. Oh. I forgot that. I forgot I was supposed boom, to say boom. Truth, truth bomb. bomb. <laughs> boom. Truth bomb. <laughs> I'm just afraid of blowing out our listeners' eardrums if oh. we say it too loud, but you've already gone there, so it's fine. Boom. 
That was a whole different feeling. <laughs> that was like our sex stuff episode or something. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Tooth bomb. Ew. Ew. Wow. Why did we do that? Oh, now there's the... Oh. 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 We're going to back out of that bomb. Oh, boy. Okay. Let's move on. Yeah. Pop so, culture. <laughs> pop culture. I have a show uh, from FX from earlier this year called Fosse Verdon. Mm-hmm. So Sam Rockwell plays Bob Fosse, who is the legendary director and choreographer known for Cabaret, Chicago, mm-hmm. more, and then Michelle Williams as Gwen Verdon. So I had never heard of Gwen Verdon, and I think that's kind of the point of this show, mm-hmm. um, telling the real story behind this man that we've known and revered in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. So Gwen Verdon was a rising star on Broadway. Um, she was the name known everywhere in the 50s and 60s. And then suddenly she's paired with this up-and-coming choreographer named Bob Fosse. Mm-hmm. And they are magic together, professionally, personally. They they fall in love. They're, they're just wonderful partnership. She is his muse, his partner, his inspiration. Really, though, the person that he turns to when he can't figure something out, when he's trying to either you know, come up with a new song and dance, or if he's trying to figure out how to relate to the actors in his play, mm. he always turns to her. Okay. So, but of course, as she gets older, she becomes eclipsed by him, his talent, his work. And no matter, it's the reason that uh, he's so lauded in the first place is her and her work. So the series tells a very fascinating story. It's part love story. It's part fame story. It's part uh, drug and alcohol story. It's a lot of different things together. And I love this because it's deliberately trying to set the record straight and really give, you know, a truth bomb, if you will, um, and make everyone remember and realize Gwen Verdon's role mm. um, and show Bob Fosse, warts and all, he wasn't the greatest guy. Mm. And this show gets into it, but also makes you – it's interesting because both of them are not all good. Mm-hmm. Both of them are not all bad. There's some real shady stuff going okay. on both sides, especially as the relationship starts to disintegrate, sure. especially as money gets more and more involved. Mm-hmm. So there's some really interesting back and forth between these two. Okay. Um, so there's eight episodes. It's done. It was just a limited run series. It's available on Hulu if you don't have FX. So get on it. Lots of songs and dances, Ooh. too. Yeah. Also, Michelle Williams continually... Just knocks my socks off. She's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even um, she's doing a lot. She's recreating some of these dance scenes that Gwen Verdon did. And she's Gwen Verdon is known as one of the best dancers ever. And, and Michelle Williams is all over it. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty and great. Can we just say, I mean, who can pull off a pixie cut better than Good Michelle Lord. Williams? I know. How did that happen? I yeah. guess when your face is that phenomenal. Maybe that's it. doesn't it. matter what your hair is doing. She has a real doing. good face. Yeah. She does have a really good face. I often think about, like, sometimes I just want to chop my hair yeah. off, and then I'm like, I can't pull that off. Right? I know. I, I have that it. thought all the time. Yes. Like, oh, I could do that. No, I can't. No, I Stop can't. It. Stop no. yourself right now. It's almost as bad as if I was going to shave my head. I bet yeah. there's all sorts of misshapes going on up here <laughs> that I don't want anyone to see. I bet also it's like five times more white than our skin. <gasps> oh, we don't want that. Yeah. We're going to start reflecting off satellites and shit. Like, yeah. it's just going to. Yep. That's not going to be good. It's not going to be no. good. No. Mm-mm. No, yeah. <laughs> Dang it. I'm so jealous so of people We're really like that. restricted to our hairstyles. Life is hard, Aaron. It is when your face is mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we are. Yeah. Our faces are mediocre. I was talking about me, not you. But, oh, no. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. 
Oh, okay. I'm definitely there. Well, there's some truth bombs for you. There's we think our faces bombs. are mediocre, which is why we did a podcast. I remember. <laughs> the- That's why it's not a video show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember in high school, there was a boy I had a crush on, and then somehow it got back to me that he called me horse-faced. And I never quite understood what that meant, but I knew it was supposed to be, you know, an insult. insult. In my mind, I was like, well, horses are cool. I don't... I, okay. How did it even come to that? I don't know, but it made its way back to me. So then I was like, well... I guess I don't have a Michelle Williams Maybe face. he said a whore's face. Oh, that would have been better. And the yeah. game of telephone came out as horse. <laughs> I would much rather be a, a painted lady yeah. than a horse. Yeah. Because maybe that just meant, you know, yeah, she kind of gets me going. She's got a horse face. <laughs> <laughs> I was picturing just a lot of like makeup seeping down my face. <laughs> like a, at the end of the night, a sex worker at the end of the evening. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was so dark. Well, either way, oh, horse or whore, either one. we never had a relationship. Well, that's fair. He yeah. doesn't sound like he's good enough for no, you. No. So, yeah. Well, the uh, pop culture I brought this week is called Swindled, and it's a podcast. Ooh. And let me tell you that I am obsessed. You were mentioning this. Yeah. It's by a concerned citizen. <laughs> and that is all that he will say. He doesn't say who he is. Seriously? Seriously. It's phenomenal. He has the weirdest, driest podcast voice. The first episode, I was like, I don't know. And then something turns. I'm not lying to you. And you are obsessed with his voice. And then you start to realize that he has kind of a dry sense of humor. And he'll kind of stick little thoughts in sometimes. Little nuggets that you're like, oh. But what he does is it's... uh, a true crime podcast about white collar criminals, con artists, and corporate evil. So mm. sometimes there's murder because that goes in part of it, but it's more like corporate, you know, and particularly cons. So it's really interesting because he digs into tons of different cases and some from long time ago, but a lot of times he digs into ones that maybe there was an element where the media thought it was one way and maybe we all learned it that way, but it's actually another way. So a good example of this is one that I just listened to is the real story of the McDonald's coffee lawsuit. Oh. And I don't know about you, but I remember hearing about that I and thinking, very much do. well, of course it was hot. Yeah. You know, that was everybody. Yeah. If you listen to that episode, your mind will be blown. It was nothing like that. Nothing. She wasn't even driving. I mean, I remember the story being told. She was yeah, driving yeah. and took yeah. it. Nope. She, her grandson pulled the car over for her to open it and put cream and sugar in it. And she had the cup sitting in between her legs to open it. And it spilled on her lap. She, it was so hot. She had to get her pants off that it was burning her skin oh so bad. Oh, my God. She had to put a sheet on and her grandson took her to the hospital she had third degree burns so bad Holy that she lost nerve endings. <gasps> they had to do skin grafts. I mean, it is insane. And all that this woman asked for was for her medical bills to be taken care of because oh she was elderly, God. living on a fixed income yeah. from Social Security and couldn't afford it. And was like, I don't, it's not, you know, I didn't do this. And she never said it wasn't her fault for spilling the coffee. She was just saying, why is it this hot? Why did it get me through? On the stand, McDonald's admitted that they keep it that hot because you can use less coffee if you use it that hot. So it was a cost savings for them. They refused to lower the temperature, even though there were multiple other people that had been burned. And they figured out that if they paid out on the burn cases, that was cheaper than lowering the temperature on the money that they would lose in buying more coffee. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's a jury actually awarded her money 
that she never asked for, which is how this all got blown up uh-huh. because she got millions, which the jury did award her $2.7 million. The judge lowered it because you can only have it be a certain amount of the punitive damages. He lowered it to like 480000 and then she settled for an even lower amount with McDonald's. Oh my so God. for and then she was just lambasted in media right. and yeah. pop culture for a year. I mean, her one of her, I think her daughter um, is on. There's clips of her talking and just saying how she was never the same again because everybody like no one knew the real story and everybody it was this actual story of actually just real corporate greed Ugh. and it got turned on her like frivolous lawsuits and right, right. that year Newt Gingrich ran on this idea that he was going to pass a law yep. that wouldn't allow for the product you know, product liability law or whatever. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine if that passed and you didn't have the ability to sue someone if their product, you know, I don't know, gave you third degree burns and you lost feeling in your legs for the rest of your life? I want to catfish him. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Yeah, it was amazing. So it's stuff like that. And he does it in this dry voice and he's just a concerned citizen doing his part. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. He's got tons and tons of episodes. Um, I just found it. So I'm, you know, behind, but I'm catching up. He did one on the lottery scandal that affected Iowa. Eddie Uh Tipton. He did one about that. Kind of told more of that story. So does he reveal, like, was he an investigative journalist? Was he like, no. No idea. He's digging into the Mm -hmm. I looked at his website. I mean, you can't find out anything about this guy. I mean, I haven't done a deep dive, so maybe I could find out more. But, like, even on his website and stuff, no. There's no, Yeah information he just he's doing his thing doing his research and mm -hmm. and he obviously does because he finds like clips of interviews Mm -hmm. i mean that he puts in there he reads from court documents it's he does a very good job putting the stories together too Mm -hmm. and he does this really cool thing where at the beginning of the episode he'll tell you like a different story that's related like another example in the mcdonald's one was like this other lawsuit that was crazy um, and what the real story of that, but it's like a smaller story and mm-hmm. then he'll lead you into, into the, the bigger, bigger one. one. Wow. How often do episodes come out? I th- I think weekly, but I'm not sure because I started at, once I found it, I've started at the beginning. So I'm, you know, I, d- I don't know that for sure, yeah, but yeah. I do know he does like seasons. Like okay. he, it seems that he maybe takes say, the summer seems, off. I'm worried for him. This seems like a lot of work. I know. I know. Whew. I know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's digging into the landmines of truth. He is. And, he but is he's not blown up Serving yet. up truth bombs everywhere. Good. Yeah. And he had really, in the last episode of season one I just listened to, he had some very interesting things to say about the podcast world, about how hard it is to, if you're not going to pay for your spot, mm-hmm. which we, you know we've discovered as well when you're you know trying to do it organically and just yep. bring a good show. The man tries to keep you down. Yes. He's not having it. Nope. Concerned citizen. <laughs> Swindled. You'll love it. We should end each of our descriptions of books with just that tagline. Concerned citizen. Swindled. Swindled. So I could have ended mine with like, Fossey Verb. For- Ethics. <laughs> I like it. It's like a do. fast whip back to you. Yeah, I like it. Just to remind you. American Life. Curtis Seinfeld. Get it. Oh, crap. Now I got to reread the whole title of the other one. Oh, yeah. That's a long one. Okay. I'm not oh, you it. didn't. No. Oh, I thought you were. And I was getting all excited. And no, then you backed no, out. I backed right, out. Yep. yep. I, that bomb went off prematurely. <laughs> <laughs> or it was one of those that just sort of fizzled. Away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or like, like a firecracker. Yeah. <laughs> Who put the firecracker in here? We don't have time for this. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. all of our truth bombs yeah. are done. 
for and today. it's time mm-hmm. to wrap it up. For today, you're right. Mm-hmm. We're going to probably have lots more truth mm-hmm. bombs in our times together. So we will be back next Wednesday. And in the meantime, you can head to our website, bradsandbooks.com, and check out all the recommendations we made in this episode. Also on the website, you can find some great bonus material, extra episodes of Get to Know Amy and I Better. Yeah. We got some great stuff coming. You're going to be super excited oh boy. with we the bonus section. We can't even talk about it yet. No, because, but you are yeah. going to be pumped. Yeah. So you should get familiar with that area of our website now. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen to it all. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The good news is, too, if you subscribe to our podcast and your mm. podcast player, those bonus come right into your podcast player. Sure do. They pop up as bonus episodes. Yeah. You don't even have to go hunting for it. Comes right to you. To you. Reward. (sighs) Nuggets. I don't know why. I don't know why they're nuggets, but... but If you like reward nuggets, that's a great reason to write a review for us. Yes. You know? Um, So if you are listening in Apple Podcasts or iTunes, it's very easy. Click the stars. Write up a few words about how you like some truth bombs. Because you're done. Other players, it's a little bit hard. So hey... Send it to us on social media. Yeah. Send it to us via email. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, we would. And Or, you know, tell your friends. Get oh, your friends God. to subscribe. Yeah. That would be amazing, too. Use your best peer pressure yes. to make your friends listen to us. Truth bomb. Y'all need to have the Broads and Books podcast. <laughs> uh, the, another thing you can do is give us some theme ideas, mm. which, I mean, this episode, great. Yes. Gold. Solid gold. As all the other ones. Indeed. We're still knocking them out of the park. We are. We just want to keep you happy. We do. So if you've got some themes, send them our way. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right, Aaron. That's good. All right. (laughs) Well, you can send us a theme idea or your just thoughts about us Mm. and about this podcast to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or direct on our website where you can find our email and reach out to us. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women?
Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.